Greetings, ladies. Thank you for gathering with me as we study Chapter 15 of the Godly Woman Bible Study titled, The Foundation for Marriage. But before we hear from Irma, I want you to know that the imaginary bicycle that we built in chapters 1 through 14, we ride everywhere, even in our home. It is the solid foundation on which we ride through life and build upon in our marriage and family. This rock or foundation is our relationship with Jesus Christ, our Savior, and our obedience to His Word. Before we begin, let's ask God to bless our time. Dear Father, You are the one who created the world and mankind. It was in Your heart to give birth to the first institution, which is marriage. Help us as we look into Your Word to understand the importance of marriage and to build our marriages upon Your Word with obedience. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's hear from Irma's heart to yours. Irma says, Hello, ladies. The lessons in this section have been designed to help you improve your understanding of a Christian marriage with its challenges, joys, and satisfactions, and to birth solid Christian homes. Homes where Christ lives, not merely homes where Christians live. God has indeed given us a sure and firm foundation for marriage in His excellent Word. May the following chapters be used of God to give you a true, firm foundation for your marriage. Love, Irma. Over the next seven lessons, we are going to build an imaginary house for our marriage and family. Notice the foundation is solidly based on the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of Christ. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From His mouth come knowledge and understanding. Ladies, the foundation for our homes come from the depth of our relationship with Jesus Christ. It is the bicycle we built in the previous chapters. The roof of our home has Proverbs chapter 9, verse 1, written in bold letters. This verse says, Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. As wise women, we want to build our house choosing biblical pillars that will provide support to our home. The word hewn out means to carve out of wood or another hard material. A rock statue is cut and shaped out of a slab of stone. In reality, ladies, a marriage takes a lifetime of shaping, chiseling, designing, and polishing each pillar, which we will begin to do over the next seven chapters. Let's begin with the central pillar of covenant marriage. Notice, ladies, the husband carries the load at the bottom of the pillar, while we, as wives, crown the pillars at the decorative top with being a helpmeet or a suitable 
helper. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28, which says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Verse 27 says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28, God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. The very basis for marriage is the truth and solid conviction that it was God's idea. This includes a man and a woman, resulting in God's blessing the union and saying to them to be fruitful and multiply. This is a biblical truth upon which we can build our marriage. The next insight answers the question, why a man and a woman? Turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, which says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper. The King James Bible uses help meet, which means suitable for him. In verse 21, the Bible says, So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. Verse 22 and 23 says, The Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. Verse 24 says, For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Ladies, I would like to give an illustration from the Hebrew culture. If a buyer and a seller meet, and the buyer is very interested in some sort of transaction, perhaps the buying of a goat, and he says to the seller, I would like to buy your goat, and they arrive at a price, and they want to seal the deal. In the Hebrew culture, they had what was called the covenant of salt. So it would go something like this. The buyer would take a grain of salt from his pouch and put it into the seller's pouch. And the seller would take a grain of salt from his pouch and put it into the buyer's pouch. Then they would shake their pouches and all of the grains of salt would be mixed together. And that was kind of the seal, sealing the transaction. But if perhaps on the way home, the buyer looked at the goat and thought, man, this is not a good deal. I want to undo my transaction. Then he goes back to the buyer and tells him, I want my money back and I want to break the covenant of salt. The buyer could say, only if you can reach into my pouch and find your grains of salt and only yours, then you can break the covenant. Ladies, that was an impossibility. But such is the permanency and covenant of marriages. God enters in as a witness to our vows. 
The Bible uses marriage as a symbol to describe the relationship of Christ to the church. Let's turn in our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21 through 33. Pause this video and read the passage slowly and thoughtfully, then click play to resume. Ladies, it is very clear what our marriages are to reflect from this passage. Marriages are to reflect Christ's relationship with his church. The Apostle Paul ends chapter 4, verse 32, with these words, Be kind to one another tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. Chapter 5, verse 1 and 2 opens with, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. The therefore refers to the previous verse, to be forgivers and to be kind to each other. Ladies, walking in love is imitating God as a lifestyle in our marriage in forgiveness and kindness. Then Paul parallels marriage to Christ and his church. Let's look at the two comparisons. Firstly, Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. Individually, as husbands and wives, we are to imitate God and walk in love, forgiveness, and kindness. Secondly, be subject to one another. Wives are to be subject to your own husband. Thirdly, Christ is head of the church. So, husbands are to be the head of the wife. Fourthly, Christ loved the church, giving himself up for her. Husbands are to love their wives, giving himself up for her. Fifthly, these actions show love to the wife by the husband's headship. And if the wife submits, the husband feels respected. Isn't it assuring, ladies, to know what God expects of us and from us in our marriage? Many people, the world, media, friends, and family, will try in, in, to influence us to change this biblical structure, but remain strong and faithful to God's word, and he will bless you. Let's end our time in prayer. Dear Father, thank you for our marriages and the joys and challenges of living out our biblical roles in submission to you first, Lord, and then to our husbands. Father, would you help us to carve out our pillars, which will bear the load and be a stabilizer? We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Until we gather again, ladies, bye for now.